Titus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the Helming Power Hour. <laughs> Welcome to episode 38 of the Hell Mean Power Hour. I am Rick, one of your hosts, and if you're familiar with the show, or if you're not, you know that our names are fake, the people are fake, well, no, our names are real, I guess, but everything about this show is fake except possibly the movie. Is that right, Danny? Right. Yeah, and, and actually our names are fake, too, to protect the innocent. Right, because my real name's Ferdinand, and I just can't have that out there. Yeah, and I'm Archibald Barisal. There's a there's a comedy routine about me. <laughs> so yeah, man, welcome to 38. And we're going to talk about one of our favorite monster movies, Pumpkinhead from 1988. And Pumpkinhead, I mean, it's one of those movies that Stan Winston made it, and you know, because there's about, well, 50% of the movie is just Pumpkinhead walking around. Yeah. And it's worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll definitely get into a lot of the ideas and what we love about that movie. It's just a favorite. I mean, uh, I think, I know Danny has a Pumpkinhead t-shirt. If you watch the YouTube channel that we've got out there, some of our episodes, you get to see that on the screen. It's a very, very awesome shirt. Well, and I've got a little Pumpkinhead. He lives in my closet. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one, too. He doesn't live in my closet. Oh, back in the day, of course, we're both Tennessee guys, but we had Opryland, which was a big amusement park, and they had this ride called the Chaos, and it was an indoor 3D roller coaster, and I swear to this day that when you ride that, there's a part where you're heading towards this wall, and there is a pumpkin head sculpture that was hanging out of the wall, and it had like a strobe light on it. It's Pumpkinhead, man. I, I wish somebody had pictures of that so we could prove it, but I swear it was Pumpkinhead. And, and you know, just like you said, we're we're Tennesseans. You know, we're here in the country. It wasn't just a sculpture; it was actually Pumpkinhead. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> I mean, every once in a while, that the car would come through, and one of the people that had been on the cart would be gone. <laughs> Oh, I just wonder how they paid Pumpkinhead as far as just sitting there all the time. Well, that's it was every once in a while they just give him somebody. <laughs> they were like, "Hey, you want to kill somebody today?" <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, sounds good. <laughs> so on, on ride three, whoever on the far right, just 
Go ahead and grab them. <laughs> so yeah, man, we love this movie. It's a lot of folklore and legend that's tied into it. So uh, it's going to be a fun, fun episode to talk about. So you guys stick around, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Man Home Game. Get stuck in your own home. And loyal subjects of Mongo like you. Hail Ming! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Good Morning Mongo. As you can see, I'm recovering well after falling on my sword for Emperor Ming. And speaking of recovering well, our next guest is a man we all thought had died. But thanks to Mongo Medical, he is here today to share his story. Please welcome head of the secret police force and lead torturer, Clytus! Clytus, welcome. Please have a seat. What distance? Anywhere you'd like to sit is fine. It's good to see you. You know, we all thought you had died. No one, but no one, dies in the palace without a command from the Emperor. Well, you certainly have proved that. Walk us through what you went through. Uh, what's the first thing the Imperial Surgeon did for you? Test object for life waves. After finding these life waves, what did he do then? Bring it through safely. Land it. <laughs> That is amazing. How do you feel now? <laughs> Most effective, Your Majesty. I'm glad to hear it. Y you know, you don't have to call me Your Majesty. Oh, dear. How pathetic. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of people have been sending well wishes. We've received a lot of cards and letters and food. Gordon Ramsay, in fact, just sent a cake. The tributes of the Hawkman will be first. Sure. Here's a card that says, Sorry you were impaled on our spiked platform. Sincerely, Voltan. Isn't that nice? Mm. Now he showed promise. Now the tributes from Ardentia. <clears throat> um, yeah, about that, uh, Ardentia did not send any get well cards for you. I apologize. Seems they're still a little upset with the whole Prince Thun thing. Yeah. Yes, I anticipated that. So what about your personal life? Are you seeing anyone? An obscure body in the SK system. Tell us about her. Have you gone on many dates? An interesting girl. I think she found it rather enjoyable. That's nice. What else can you tell us about her? She even rivals your daughter. <clears throat> um, okay, Clytus, uh, first, I don't have a daughter, and second, if I did, that would be highly inappropriate comment. Who said that? Uh, well, it's just common decency. Who are you? Are you okay? You seem a bit edgy. Would you like something to drink, or some of this Gordon Ramsay cake here? Your lover, Barin, is harboring Gordon in a border, is he not? I don't think so. Last I heard, Ramsay was in Edinburgh filming the new season of Kitchen Nightmares, and... Wait, did you just call Baron my lover? This lying is such a waste of time! 
told you, imagine you're protecting the imperial surgeon who revived Gordon in his tomb. Another lover of yours. I'm not sure what's going on here. Um, hang on, I'm getting a message from the imperial surgeon. Oh, okay. I've just been informed that Clytus's meds may have some strange side effects. Seize the Imperial Surgeon on suspicion of treason. Prepare for torture! Actually, the Imperial Surgeon is sending some orderlies to help Clytus back to his room. You will surrender these fugitives at once, or the Imperial fleet will blast your kingdom to atoms. Uh, that's good. It looks like the meds are really kicking in now. A girl is like a blossom. With honey for just one man. A man must live like a honeybee and a gather all he can. Fly from blossom to blossom. A honeybee must be free. But a blossom must not ever fly from bee. Well, there is something I never thought I would see. Okay, as the orderlies take Clytus away, I want to thank him very much for joining us today. But don't fill him with anything above level three. I doubt if the human mind could take it. You heard him, boys. Keep the stun guns on low. See you next time. Hopefully. And we're back. And we're back. Oh, uh, it never gets old, except I, when it gets old. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we could use this one. We could go. Let off some steam, Bennett. <laughs> well, maybe you should. Maybe you should. Or in 30 seconds, you'll be dead. Then I'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, you never know what you're going to hear on this show, folks. <laughs> so, yeah, man. 1988, we're going to jump into the time machine and go back. We got everything fixed on the time machine because we've got good sponsors. And speaking of sponsors, our newest one, we got Brett Collins's Cleaners. And their motto is, drop your pants here and you'll receive prompt attention. <laughs> I'm not laughing at our sponsors. As a matter of fact, we're super glad to have them, and uh, it's exciting to have more financial support coming in. So make sure to give them patronage. That's right. And don't forget, we got the same sponsor from this week as we did last week, and that's Nicholas Cage's Acting School, where we put the ting in acting. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> if you want to be Ghost Rider, that's the school to go to. Well, yeah, I mean... Actually, you know, Nicolas Cage. What about uh what about in uh in Kick Ass? Where he plays Big Daddy? I don't know. Kids, what do you think about that one? Yeah, I kinda like it. Yeah, well, you know, he, he was doing his best Adam West impersonation, is is what I love about it. <laughs> it's just he makes odd choices as an actor. Yeah. Yeah, you think? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, just a little. Raising Arizona. That's good enough for me. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I think that, that if you go through Nicolas Cage movies, you'll be surprised at how many of them he doesn't ruin, and he actually makes a lot more fun. <laughs> 
I, I did this because I was like, Nicholas Cage isn't that good. And then I started watching movies with him in it just to kind of check it out. And really, if you don't get into like Michael Bay blockbusters, i.e. like, you know, National Treasure, yeah. uh, then a lot of them are really likable. And especially when he's a supporting character, he's a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and by the way, shout out to you, uh, Uncle Nick. I'm trying to talk you up, man. <laughs> Uncle Nick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, without further ado, you know what time it is. It is time to jump oh, in the no. time machine. 1988, here we come. We've been here a few times already. Yeah, well, I was to come back. Oh, that's fine. We got another one. Oh, wait, no, that's kidneys. <laughs> Yeah, 1988. Wow. wow. I'm not tired of it exactly, but but yeah, you're right. We have been here before. Look, it's the same two guys. Yep. Oh, man, my swatch stopped working. <laughs> well, yeah, that's how they did. <laughs> they were such high quality, you know. Well, you, know, you saved all your money up for that see-through jellyfish, and that's what right. happened? First it gets scratched up, then it quits working. That's it. No more swatch. All right. In order to get into this movie, Pumpkinhead, we have to have a synopsis. So, you know, we had uh, Natasha earlier, so now we got Boris. Here's Boris with Pumpkinhead. This is Boris of Boris and Natasha to talk about Pumpkinhead. When the poor boy obtains a dog for his birthday, all are shocked to discover the dog's odd-shaped head. The two get involved in an adventure or something. Well, hope you enjoy it. <laughs> now, about my paycheck. Well, okay. That's a pretty hey, good one. <laughs> he's kind of a diva. <clears throat> Want to get paid. Well, you know. So, yeah, man. Pumpkinhead. The, the very beginning of it says it all. De Laurentiis Entertainment Group. <laughs> That's all you got to know right there. Actually, it's a little, you know, better than par for, for a lot of De Laurentiis stuff. Man, I like Pumpkinhead. Oh, yeah. In the same way that, that I, I, you know, I like monster movies that are just monster movies. Yeah. And there's nothing really, there, there's nothing to this one to distract you. They try and make it into an alien movie or... Or a uh, you know a dramatic retelling or or any kind of a moral of the story kind of thing. No man, it's pumpkin head. Right. I mean that's the thing about it is how many monster movies have we had where it was that awesome of a monster that's almost kind of iconic. I can't think of anybody else that you put in the same category. I mean you got your universal classic monsters. You know, Creature of the Black Lagoon, and then there's Pumpkinhead. Uh, there's really a big gap there. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, you have slashers who are just, you know, some of them become monster level. You, know, you got Freddy Krueger, maybe. But, you know, Freddy Krueger and, and Pinhead, you know, they kind of end up having this mythology that goes along with them. Right. And they have this story that's very specific to them. Whereas Pumpkinhead is really just a revenge agent. Right. And and the only thing that makes him cooler than, I, I don't know, a Final Destination, kind of just people dying because they deserve to die, is is how cool he is. Yeah. 
I totally agree, man. One of the coolest monsters, period, ever. All right, is that the show? That's the show. (laughs) So, Danny, what's your number one reason to watch Pumpkinhead, man? My number one reason to watch Pumpkinhead is Lance Heinrichson burning a big old pile of something with a (laughs) flamethrower that he obviously built at home that's got a Dixie flag decal on it. Well, yeah. We are in Louisiana, I'm thinking. Was it Louisiana? I, you know, I, I think it was just you know the country somewhere. Yeah, man, it was. It's well, I wrote it down in my notes. Sweatiest movie ever. <laughs> Everybody in this movie is just sweating all the time. Yeah, that's very true. And you got to be a badass to be sweating like that and still break out your flamethrower just to burn some random crap in your backyard. Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah. And I think we said it a while ago that, you know, my number one reason, I mean, Lance Henderson, I mean, come on, that's that's who you take this this trip with. And we're all fans of Lance, without a doubt. You know, he's surprisingly good in this. Just like he gives a lot of depth to a character that, I mean, you really have to like or at least commiserate with his character most of all. Yeah. And through a series of images and through his acting, you really do feel a kinship with this poor country sap. Right. Well, the relationship with him and his son, and they did a really good job of setting that up because that's what you build the story off of. And I think they sold that really, really well. And Lance is the man. You know, I I have here, and I'm going to... You go ahead with your next reason. Well, to me... The top thing, as we said it while ago, is just Pumpkinhead in general. I said the effects. You got Stan Winston's effects, and he directed the movie. So it's it's an effects extravaganza as far as I'm sure. concerned. I think Pumpkinhead is one of the coolest-looking creatures ever put on celluloid. Oh, to that point, you know, early in the movie, they knew... You know, they they couldn't wait till the end to really show you this creature. Yeah. So early in the in the flashback, they give you a little intro to how this whole uh, revenge demon summoning works. And in that intro, at the very end of it, there's this you know a little more than a silhouette yeah. of Pumpkinhead on the horizon, and it is phenomenal. Yeah. And on top of that, you know, we talked about it being a revenge film, but the thing that makes it different is. It's kind of like the Corsican Brothers thing where, you know, when Pumpkinhead is going out and, and doing these things and getting revenge back on these people, Lance Hendrickson is ex- experiencing that going on. It's almost like he's the one doing the killing. And, right. Uh, what, a, what a neat twist to all that. So, again, it's the story of we are the monster. Even if we hire somebody else to do it, we are still the monster. That's right. The revenge is the poison. Yeah, and you drink it, so you you have to deal with the consequences. My next reason, and and we kind of touched on this, but I, I definitely think it's worth revisiting. The plot you could almost have in a silent movie. You know, right. it's, it's all delivered through images. It right. wouldn't matter if you got the dialogue between um, Ed Harley and his son. It, just seeing him washing his son's hand in that wash basin, right? You know. You feel the closeness, and you understand their relationship, and you don't really need his his little you know sappy monologue about how Grandma used to wash his hands, but it, it all adds to it right. because you need to care about these people. Right, and you can tell that there is no no companion in the picture. That there's no mom, so it's just the two of them, and and they've got this little store, and uh, 
they're just trying to make ends meet, man. And that's, you know, the, the beauty of the simplicity of it. Like you said, you don't even have to have the dialogue. It, it, it's very, very visual. Right. And what Lance doesn't make with his grocery store, he, he manages to, to scrape together extra funds by hitting things with his Dixie flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, why do you need that thing? What are you doing back there? I hear a commercial coming on. Flamethrowers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this show is brought to you by Dixie Flamethrowers. When you need to set something on fire, over there. <laughs> <laughs> you boys ain't from us out. <laughs> you ain't Southern boys. <laughs> uh, you stupid Yanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Yep. <laughs> they can work with Troma. They can work with the Zucker Brothers. They can do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back at Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. Next reason I got, Haggis the Witch. Hell yeah, any witch that's named after a disgusting Scottish dish. Yeah. It's bound to be pretty pretty bad, man. Uh, and she is the epitome of what you visualize in your head as far as a Louisiana... Like bog witch. Yeah. I mean, she could very easily fit into Clash the Titans with the, the Sturgeon Witches. Yeah, you take your story out into the into the swamp and you find the bog witch and she's and she, oh she's terrible yeah her- horrifying and her voice too just man i mean it's it's the epitome of witches oh yeah i i i, I absolutely agree she is a reason to watch the film she she adds an element even if it's been done before yeah. it's done right right that's the point it doesn't have to be a fresh idea to be done right right and and you know, that that's pumpkinhead's a, per, a perfect example have they had revenge flicks before? Yes. Have they had monster movies before? Yes. Have they had slasher movies before and killing movies before and gory movies before? Yes. But all these things are done right in this yep. movie. Yep. And that's what makes it better than a lot of its predecessors and, sure. and a lot of its contemporaries. And just the the sinister smirk she has on her face when she knows what's going on. There's a I told you so thing about it. But, oh yeah, she loves it. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, you know, wholeheartedly. And my next reason to watch Pumpkinhead is when city meets country. What is your what, what's your your soundtrack? It's got to be harmonicas, right? <laughs> like these 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 this truck is pulling some some bikes, and on the way, you know, you hear that that harmonica thing. It's the only thing that you got if you don't have a banjo to play. Try it. Sweat and a harmonica is all you need. And mountain people, man. I mean, these, I guess they're not mountain people. I guess they're swamp people. But yeah. holy cow, I, I guess there are still people that live like this. I think there are. I would have. But man, it's scary when you see them. Rough living, man. Rough living. The other thing, like I said earlier, we know it's a revenge film, but the beauty of this thing is just when you get through the story, is it is totally unstoppable until the deed is done. There's nothing you can do to stop it until it's done what it's supposed to do. And that's what Letts Henderson spends his time trying to do is, you know, he regrets, you know, this this thing that's happened and, and the revenge that he's placed on these kids. And he's trying his best to stop it, and you can't. And I think, man, just what a sense of doom that is. Yeah, and you know, like you said, he regrets it uh, at the, after the first person is killed. And... I guess, you know, we, we haven't gotten into what happens. You know, we right. said 
we, we, we laid down the story that it's him and his son against the world out in the country and and these people show up and uh, through a mishap where these people are being unsafe and and they they end up hitting his son with a motorcycle yeah and when he gets back and he sees that that's happened he's so mad that he recalls the preceding story right. from the the prologue um when he was a boy and he remembers somebody getting chased down by the spirit of vengeance so he goes up to this family farm in every sense of the word <laughs> and he says hey you know where, where can i find this witch that lives up here and one of the kids you know that the, the parents want nothing to do with it one of the kids is like hey i've heard what you're talking about and i, I know where she is yeah so he sets this thing loose on these these this group of teenagers whether they did it or not just to take them all out they they turn pumpkin head loose and he has no remorse man Pumpkinhead's a bad dude. Yeah, I think it says it in the it says it in the poem, man. Right. Yeah, this whole movie was based off of a poem that was written, and they just kind of took it and turned it into this movie. Right. So, so the poem is by Ed Justin, and there's a point where the kids of the you know the the country kids from the family farm um, are one of the kids steals something, and they say, "Oh, if you don't make amends, the pumpkinhead's gonna get you." Yeah. And they start chanting this this poem that goes. Um, Keep away from Pumpkinhead unless you're tired of living. His enemies are mostly dead. He's mean and unforgiven. Laugh at him and you're undone. But in some dreadful fashion, vengeance he considers fun and plans it with a passion. Time will not erase the blot, or time will not erase or blot the plot that he is brewing. It's when you think that he's forgot he'll conjure your undoing. Bolted doors and windows barred. Guard dogs barking in the yard. Won't protect you in your bed. Nothing will from Pumpkinhead. Yeah. And then there's the second verse that says, There was a man in Brazil. Yeah. I like that verse. <laughs> Hail Ming. Oh. And fun fact, one of the kids that's in that group of, uh, of, of dirty uh, country kids is um is Mayim Bialik who played Blossom? Ah, yeah. I mean, she's just wearing a little one-piece dirty dress, and she's she's chanting that at her little brother. And uh, there she is. TV's Blossom, everybody. Right. And another Aww. another not known fact is uh, one of the other kids is not Corey Feldman. It's not Corey Feldman. Hail Mings. <laughs> Corey Feldman. <laughs> Stay away from Corey Feldman, unless you're tired of living. <laughs> <laughs> He's mean and unforgiving. <laughs> actually, the next thing I had on my list was actually mean kids picking on Billy. Yeah. That's that scene you were just talking about. So, I'm, I'm not trying to steal your thunder. I agree no. wholeheartedly. No, you did a great job because mine was five words. <laughs> well, you know, I, mean kids picking on Billy. <laughs> I was re-watching it, and I knew that that was a poem, so I looked it up. Mm. And I, I found out that the poem actually preceded the... Yeah. The, the movie and, and it kind of intrigued me so I wrote it down I thought it would be a fun little thing to, oh, to yeah. tell people about it was nice I enjoyed oh, it the reasons to watch this movie are all going to be you know visual they're yep. all going to be because the story we've already laid it out to you something awful happens somebody blames somebody else he unleashes a beast of vengeance and it can't be stopped so yeah you've got you know, the opening scene, which sets it all up, like we talked about, where you kind of get to see the image early on. Then it really does take a long time for this to get to the point to where things start happening. 
But man, when they happen, it is awesome. Pumpkinhead does some incredible stuff. One of my favorite things is he takes one of the girls, climbs a tree, and drops her on a rock. <laughs> like a seagull. That's the way we handle things in the south. Yeah. I mean, he climbs like a 40-foot tall tree and just cracks her back across a big rock. I was like, how cool is that, man? I mean, he could he could just take her and twist her head and it'd be done. But he's enjoying this. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what this is what he's there for. Pumpkinhead embodies all the rage that was involved in this in this summoning. So you know, he's he's got no remorse. Yeah, he doesn't represent that part of it. That that's left to the person that summoned him to feel. Yeah. And you got the guy that comes out and shoots Pumpkinhead, and he takes the rifle and stabs the guy with the rifle and just picks him up on the rifle. Yeah. Bad dude, man. And even picks a dude up on a motorcycle. And, you know, he does he does something um, where, he, where he picks up a car and he and he throws it at a barn, but that's in the uh, the prequel, <laughs> which was uh, Huck, Huck Finn beats Pumpkinhead. <laughs> Yeah, they're on the riverboat, you know, Pumpkinhead, and uh, well, Huck Finn's pr- pretty crafty, but uh, it doesn't end well for him. Not to say that much. Not that <laughs> you know that you get the the redheaded kid that we talked about that's in this movie, yeah. and I wrote him down as Redneck Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't get Huck Finn out, but the Redneck Frodo is pretty awesome. From now on, that's what he is. Yep, that's what he looks like. You know, he's got the apple and he's eating it all the time. Redneck okay, Frodo. So here's, here's the reason. One reason to watch Pumpkinhead is whenever Pumpkinhead shows up, you hear cicadas. You know, uh-huh. like like in the middle of summer, there's that there's that like like locust swarm noise, and it, it always makes you think about you know the heat of summer and and hot days and. It, working outside and all those things. Whenever Pumpkinhead comes around, he's uh, accompanied by that sound. Yeah. So you kind of, it's kind of way country. It's a, it's a country sound. And when you see him right. coming and you hear that, it's really disconcerting. And there seems to be a lot of light. <laughs> Haven't quite figured that out yet. But every time he shows up, it's like almost like if it's like lightning, but it just stays lit up behind him or whatever. Yeah, that's that's his uh, his entourage. One of them's got like a spotlight that they like shoot on his butt, <laughs> make him look cooler. Yeah, he definitely looks cool, man. And then you and we've talked about this one a bunch, though. The girl that he gets, and he's got her outside, and he's pressing her face across the window, like, "I've got your friend. Look what I got." You know, I think that's one of my favorite scenes of yeah. the movie. You know, they're all inside the the cabin, and 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 his hand is like, it's almost like he doesn't understand that this isn't a good method of baiting people or or something. He sticks her face to the window and just starts wiping it back and forth. She's, yeah. you know, bleeding. And I don't know if he's trying to say, hey, come on out. Everything's okay. Or if he's trying to say, hey, this is going to happen to you too. Right. But it's really weird. It's just a giant hand, like, wiping this poor girl's face across a, right. a, a glass window. And everybody inside just horrified, like, what are we going to do about this? 
And it's it's dead up Suspiria. You know, you get the girl with the hand that comes through and pushes her face against the glass. It's the same kind of visual, except it's more of a taunting thing going on. And then he throws her down, and I, it's either her that he drops on the rock, but she's the one that's wearing the necklace. She's got the crucifix on the necklace, so he, he scratches a cross on her forehead. Everything that Pumpkinhead does is nightmarish. Yeah. I mean, this, this whole... He's on this mission to get revenge on these kids and and in every possible way he's going to demoralize and destroy them even to the fact of they say we'll go hide in the church he can't hurt us in the church yeah he don't care he yeah, just he's like rawhead rex like, like rawhead rex <laughs> <laughs> which is ironic because i think i saw both of these movies for the first time the same night I think we saw, you know, we rented Rawhead Rex and Pumpkinhead the same night. So It's a good night, man. Yeah. That's that my childhood, man. It's not hard to follow this story, but we, we're, I'm going to say that there's a little parallelism. There's, there's a little foreshadowing because there's a prologue where somebody's on the run and people are getting killed out in the country and nobody will help them because of this vengeance thing. And that sets the stage for, you know, something awful is going to happen. And when it does, he summons this thing again. And in that way, it kind of gives you this, it gives a, a path for the story to fall. When it comes into the future, you know, or it goes to present day, these kids are running and they're trying to get help from somebody and they run into the same thing. These country folk know that they're marked for death. Right. And there's no way that they're going to help them. Right. So you got Redneck Frodo, who's kind of responsible for leading them to this part. And don't forget Redneck Frodo's sister. Look, you know, I'm, I'm not proud, but yeah, Redneck Frodo's sister, she's she's got a, she's she's kind of banging. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, they hear a noise outside, so Redneck Frodo jumps out of the bed with his sister, goes to see what's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this movie's got it all, man. Monsters, Lance Hankerson. It's got, it's got a monsters. Lance Henriksen. <laughs> Did we mention monsters? Oh, oh, it, Lance Henriksen. Yeah, don't forget him. A flamethrower, Dixie flamethrower. Dixie flamethrower. It also has George Buckflower. Yes, as as Mr. Wallace. The, you know, we mentioned the family farm where these uh, where these country folk are out there just just living their lives, covered in like a constant you know sheen of dust. And George Buck Flowers out there, and he, you know, you, you might not know him by name, but as soon as you see him, he's the country guy. Talks about like this, and and he comes in early on, and he, and like, he buys groceries for Mister Harley. Yeah, and he's got a voice kind of like uh, uh, I, I can't think of his name right now, but the guy who was the the coach in Major League, uh, who was the, oh, yeah, the outlaw, yeah. the big and, uh, mustache. Yeah, and that guy talks like this. Yeah. I think there's just a couple of guys out there. Nick Nolte sounding. Yeah, kind of like Nick Nolte or, or Bo Bridges, Count Olaf. Don't forget Nick Nolte's acting school. Yeah, I think their their slogan is, um, is, I'll be careful. You'll be dead. Hmm. <laughs> they don't sponsor us. No, no. Nick Nolte's kind of hard to deal with. Another reason to watch this movie, acid wash jean jackets. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> you get some '80s attire going on in this movie, even with some fake leather boots with some fringe on it. They are styling. Yeah, I mean, and and actually, one of the reasons I've got um, now, I think we were we we're sharing a brain at this moment is the giant belt that <laughs> that the dude's, the dude's girlfriend, the dude right. who kills uh, uh, the the kid, 
she's got this the outfit where she's wearing some like pantaloons that, that don't come all the way down to her sneakers and this great big belt with a buckle heck yeah and I'm like man that, that, that is an 80s to the max yep then uh, it, it might be 80s to the pumpkin head because she, she doesn't make it she's like I can see that you're a pretty big guy do you need a pretty big belt yeah <laughs> He picks people up by their heads. Yeah. With his giant maw. Yeah, man. Like he's the grither or something. He just, he's awesome, man. I, I, I can't say it enough. Pumpkinhead's one of the coolest monsters ever. Quote, you can quote me. So, okay, you get the idea. Revenge, teenagers on the run, a couple of them get killed, and then a few of them ma- manage to make it. They get help from uh, from Redneck Frodo. <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to get away from it, and what happens... Well, Ed Harley realizes that this is all his doing. Right. And the only way to hurt Pumpkinhead is to stop himself. Right. And another thing, too, that, that's so different with this is Pumpkinhead is slowly turning into Ed Harley. You're starting to see an image on his face that's starting to look more human. And that's where it all starts tying in. And you start to see Lance Hendrickson having, like, his eyes change, like, to the same color, pumpkin heads and all that stuff. And you and, might miss it. Yeah. You might miss it because Pumpkinhead and, and uh, Lance Hendrickson look, look quite a bit alike to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but you're, in your way, you're right, though, because that, that whole part of the movie happens so fast. It does. It's just like within two minutes you realize hey wait a minute something weird's going on here oh it's the end and here's a part to watch for too like like i think this is a i think this is another thing that that if you're commiserating with the characters at this moment is pretty horrifying the only person they found that can do anything to Pumpkinhead is ed harley yeah who who shows up that he doesn't really explain what's going on but he starts to actually stop this thing and they have a little bit of hope and then they turn around and his and he's his eyes are the same color as Pumpkinhead, and he's yeah. not helping him anymore. That's right. It's like holy mackerel, we're yeah. in trouble. With that, we won't try to ruin any more of it. It's a straightforward revenge story with a great looking monster. Yep. And some awesome kills. And especially you horror nuts out there, if you haven't checked out Pumpkinhead, it holds up. Check it out. I mean, again, like we said, Stan Winston. If you don't know who Stan Winston is. Look it up, man. There's nobody that's made greater monsters than this guy. Uh, think of Aliens, you know, the second Alien movie. That's Stan Winston. Yeah, think of uh, cigarettes like you get a carton of Winston's. That's Stan Winston. <laughs> Me and my Winston's, we got a real good thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, this movie is great, man. Love it. So, with that being said, it's time to get into... Another cool thing we forgot, the pumpkin patch, man. The graveyard is pretty wicked. True, true. Where he goes to to bury his son. Yeah. Doesn't he bury his son to, to resurrect the demon? Uh, He goes and digs up a body out of the ground and brings it back to the witch. And then he pours his blood on it. That's right. Yeah. Nasty stuff. All right. Top five lines. My first one is the haggis witch saying ed ed harley you're a fool ed harley that that's a good i've got a then you got the the uh the a-hole who's with the uh with the teens we're saying 
He looks like his glasses are made out of Coke bottles. <laughs> Those guys were terrible, man. Yeah, that guy was. Yeah. Absolutely. The other people were you know, kind of okay. My next line is from Redneck Frodo when he says, Pull your pants back up, sis. I'll be back in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I did not see that coming. (laughs) Um, All right. My next line is from (laughs) my next line is from Pumpkinhead who says, Hey, come on back here, guys. I think we can be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Manic's line is from uh, Pumpkinhead, who says, <laughs> Yeah, this first movie's pretty good, but don't watch the other ones. <laughs> oh, Pumpkinhead, having a little prescience there. Oh. <sighs> All right, uh, so my, my my next line is from Stan Winston, who said, yeah, put Pumpkinhead over there. Yeah, I know we just had four scenes with him. Let's get a fifth one. <laughs> I forgot to mention that Dick Warlock is in this movie. He plays a character. <laughs> and my last, the last line I've got is where Lance Hendrickson says to Dick Warlock, you going to eat that haggis? Hell, <laughs> <Damn> man. <laughs> oh. In case you out there haven't figured it out, we probably didn't write down any lines. <laughs> uh, I mean, the the lines that there might be some in there that are noteworthy. Well, I'm sure that the witch can get, delivers some zingers to uh, to old Ed Harley there. Ed Harley, Ed you, you're gonna you're gonna know the pain or something. But I mean, we're really just watching it for the monster. <laughs> Well, you said it earlier. You could turn the sound off, and you still get the movie. So, yeah, it's true. So, uh, I recommend you watch this movie and make up your own lines. <laughs> we should probably do that. We should do a uh, a bad lip reading Ooh. of a uh, boy. I tell you what, head. the second one we could definitely do that with. Oh, <laughs> blood wings. Oh, that thing's terrible. I'll Ooh. tell you, there's one reason to watch that, and it's Soil Moon Fry. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Punky Brewster. Punky Brewster. I always want you here with me. I think we we about about hit the limit on that one. Let's go. Rating time. 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 All right. Rating time. I'm going to give it 28 acid wash jean jackets. Okay. um, And I'm going to give it three truckloads on their way to the family farm. Truckloads of what? We don't know. Probably horse dung. It's probably horse dung. I give it 72 redneck Frodo's. I give it three redneck Frodo's sister waking up in her nightgown. She's covered in dirt, but she's also covered in something good. Oh. 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 Ah! Sorry, studio audience. Jeez. Oh, and as always, the great Brian Blessed... What do you think of Pumpkin Hyde? But there's no way I can help a man who's dead. Yeah, I, I think he got the point. Maybe so. Yeah. You have to uh, yeah. You have to kill you yourself. Go home. I think it's it. You go home and bury your son. <laughs> and don't go messing with that witch, Ed Harley. That's right. All right, folks, we'll be right back. <laughs> 
it's coming. Soon, it will be here. Every year, at the same time, it returns. You can't hide from it. It's around every corner. It invades everything. Nothing goes untouched. When the weather starts to cool and the leaves start to change, you'll feel it. You'll see it. You'll smell it. From the makers of the movie Pumpkinhead comes something so insane, so vile, so hideous, it can't be contained. This fall, you'll get yours. Pumpkin Spice. Rated R from New Lime Cinema. Who are you? My name is Ted Harley. I hear you're the one to talk to about getting things done. Things that no one else can do. What is it you're looking for? These kids came here from the city. They wanted to party. They wanted to have fun. My boy. My boy's gone. Then he's gone. You best get used to it. No! I was just gonna have a nice dinner with my boy now. Because of them. He's gone. What it is you're asking for has a steep price, Ted Harley. I've got money. I got no use for your money. To bring your boy back, we'll take a powerful country grandma recipe. Are you willing to pay? Anything. I want your Sundays. You'll mow my lawn, clean my gutters, rake my leaves. That's the deal, Ted Harley. I get your Sundays. And you get pumpkin bread. I'll do it. Son, come on in. I've got pumpkin bread. Oh boy, that's worth coming home from hanging out with my new friends from the city. Hey Dad, can we play ball this Sunday? No! And now, did you know, with Wolfman Jack. Ow! Hey, baby, it's the Wolfman coming to you live here on the Helming Power Hour with a little episode of Did You Know? Did you know the origin of the story of Pumpkinhead, baby, was a poem written by Ed Justin? Did you know the dog, Mushroom, who played Ed Harless' dog, Gypsy? Also played Barney in the movie Gremlins, baby. Did you know that before being nicknamed the Wolfman after my voice changed, they called me Pumpkinhead because of my big old noggin? That's right.
Did you know Lance Henriksen gathered all of the silver dollars himself by visiting several pawn shops? He said that most of them fell through the floorboards of Haggis's shack, where they still may lie to this very day. Did you know Lance also had a set of dentures made to give him a more rural look? He also gathered all of his own props and wardrobe, including a World War II pump-action shotgun. His cap worn throughout the film as well. Did you know I thought this movie was a howling good time? Ow! Did you know, baby, the costume Florence Shuffler wore as Haggis weighed more than 65 pounds? Did you know this film, orphaned by the bankruptcy of De Laurentiis Entertainment Group, eventually garnered a spotty release when it was acquired by United Artists, which tested the film under an alternate title called Vengeance, The Demon. You've been listening to Did You Know on the Helming Power Hour with Wolfman Jack. This is the Wolfman. Wolfman Jack signing off, baby, on WMNG. That's Ming Radio, baby. Ow! Hey, Mitch here from Dixie Flamethrowers. Do you have problems with all kinds of crap, junk, stuff? yard clippings well fret no more chin strap because we got you covered dixie flamethrowers i know what you're saying i ain't got no use for no flamethrower it don't suit my particular style sound about right good news for you i got a rusty worn tank and a dixie flag right here on the side Perfect for when the South shall burn again. But hell, don't take my word for it. Hey, Harley, fire up that Dixie flamethrower. Just perfect for when you got yourself a big old demon to take down. Yeehaw! All right, folks, hope you enjoyed this episode. We like this movie a whole lot. You can't beat this one as far as a monster movie, a revenge flick, all rolled into one. Lance Hendrickson, like we said. So I highly, highly recommend Pumpkinhead, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that uh, Pumpkinhead is is one of those things where it doesn't try and overdo what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got a. I think I mentioned a moral earlier. It has a moral. You know that that like like Rick said, we are the monster. You know when you unleash that vengeance, it comes back on you tenfold. I think that's even something that uh that the witch says. So it's got a moral in there, but it doesn't beleaguer the point. It knows that it's a monster movie who kills a bunch of teenage kids. And where are you going to go with that, really? Yeah. That's all you need to know. So I, I think it's different for the time that it came out because you did have slasherama going on. Everything was a slasher flick. So might have hurt the popularity of this one just because it's a classic kind of throwback monster movie. But 
man, what a monster. What a movie. There's so many ways that this could have gone wrong and ruined the movie, but I think it was a well-put-together film. It stuck to the plan. Yeah. I mean, it didn't try and do more than it needed to. I mean, maybe some of the country stuff is a little overdone. I don't know. It still ties into the whole folklore of why there would be a poem about this situation. And, and, you know, you're dealing with an an older society, I guess you'd say. So it it works, man. Like I said, sweatiest movie ever made. And, and, you know, I I think there's probably a movie out there that's going to refute you on that. Our movie was sweatier. (laughs) But, you know, screw them. Yeah. So, yeah, man, everybody grab your Dixie flamethrower and just have a big time watching this movie. Don't hesitate. Check it out. Turn the sound down if you want. Sure. Tell us what your favorite made-up line is. <laughs> there you go. Let's start. We'll start a, that on the Facebook page. Put out your favorite fake pumpkin head line on the Facebook page, and we'll see who's got the best one. I like it when Pumpkinhead picks that girl up and says, Welcome to prime time, bitch. (laughs) I don't know, man. Redneck Frodo, he's got it going on. (laughs) Yeah, he does. (laughs) All right, folks. So that's it for us. I'm Rick. And I'm Danny. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) The loss of a loved one can be a moving episode in anyone's life. When faced with such harrowing trials, one must exercise caution where strong emotions can lead one astray. Maybe think in these trying times of what the loved one would want. For instance, ask yourself, would my loved one want me to corrupt my soul for vengeance? Or maybe, would my loved one want me to deal with a nightmarish soulless witch? If the answer to either of these are no, course correct, and don't go down that path. Then maybe ask, would they want me to have ice cream? I suppose the answer could go either way, depending on one's particular lactose tolerance. Well, goodbye everyone. See you soon. And remember, actions speak louder than catchphrases. So the audience will receive the following classic curves by Bittos, the pants for feel good company, a gift certificate from Maru Chan Ramen Noodles, Rice Aroni. All guests receive a copy of the Hell Ming Home Game. Thanks to the creative minds and special appearances of Mark Allison, Jeremy Finch, and Jacob Kennedy. Hell Bing is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. Check out all the great shows at legionpodcast.com. Hell Bing is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Legion Podcast. This is Dan Pardo saying good night.
are going to empty your memories.